one this morning was the top question that you all asked. Um, and th- it was this. This is going to be on the screen. Well, you didn't all ask it. One person asked it, and a bunch of you thumbed up it, and it got to the top. It says this. This is the question we're going to tackle today. What does God think about the idol of entertainment? Especially when we watch a film, show, or sporting event evolving, displaying sinful behaviors or actions. That's a good question. Now, with this topic about entertainment and, and other things that when we're starting to ask the Lord, can I do this? Um, I do want to refer you back to a tool that we taught uh, last year. And if you want the more in-depth teaching on, on this and on this tool, it's found in the one about can I blank. And it's a tool we have that's called the ABCDs. I'm going to briefly just mention it to you so that if you, if you want to use this as a tool uh, moving forward, we have some copies up front here and the half wall and the back. They're just around. Um, and it's a framework that we teach people to use to say, can I, can I do this? And, and it's an acronym, right? ABCDs. And the first one is A. Is this acceptable? Not acceptable to me, but is this acceptable to the Lord and to his word? B. Is it beneficial? Not is it beneficial in like it makes me feel good or not, but is this beneficial in making me more like Jesus, loving him more, growing in the character of Christ? C. Is, is my conscience clear? And uh, do I even, have I even asked the Holy Spirit, what does he think about this? And what is my conscience saying to me about this particular topic? D, dominate you, right? Paul says, don't let anything dominate you. We may be free, but don't let anything dominate you or have control or mastery over you. So the question is, does this, or has this will this have dominate, will, this, will I be dominated by this? And S is stumbling block. Is this going to be a stumbling block to uh, my brothers and sisters or to those that don't know the Lord? Okay, so there's scripture that goes along with each one of those. Again, my intent is to not go through the depths of each one of these today, but it is a helpful tool I want to point your attention to. And where I want to spend our time mostly this morning is actually on the A. Is, is this acceptable? Because I think oftentimes in, in regards to entertainment, in, in regards to our time, we, we make assumptions about what's acceptable based on the wisdom of the world rather than the wisdom of God. Right? There's a lot of times we just assume, of course, it's fine, it's great, it's no big deal. But we don't stop to say, wait, what does the Lord actually say about it? What does the Word actually say about it? And is it, in fact, actually acceptable to the Lord? That's what I want to dive into this morning. And so there's, there's a passage that's been on my mind a lot about, about this. It's from uh, Psalm chapter 90. And actually it has to do more with the idea of time. Before we get into the idea of entertainment, what we do with our entertainment, our, our, uh, we need to understand what is time for, whose time is it, and have a proper view and understanding of time. So Psalm 90, verse 12. Real quick. I know when it's a topic like this, there's all kinds of emotions that start creeping up, and it makes it hard to really receive from the Lord. So some of you are thinking like, oh great, is he going to tell me this thing that I love is terrible? I don't know. Maybe the, I don't know what the Lord's going to say to you. Some of you are thinking, man, I hope he addresses this thing for my spouse's sake, right? <laughs> Not looking at anyone in particular. Um, 
I think sometimes there's like fear of condemnation and fear of shame and mistakes that we've made. And like, that's not the intention. I, and that's what I've been praying. That's what we've been praying all this morning, that we'd have hearts to receive, right? So my prayer is that you'd be present and hearing what the Lord wants to say to you. I don't know what the Lord's going to say to you, okay? But that we would receive whatever he has for us this morning. Because as we talked about last week, he, he has a path for us. And it's such a good path. He's rescued us from the path of death. And he's brought us to the path of life. And it is so good because he loves us. And, and this path of life, though, requires us to walk in the way that he has for us. Not just to gain information about the path, but to actually walk it. So that's our hope with, to this morning and every topic. Is that we would seek the Lord and what he wants each one of us to do. To walk in the path of life that he has for us through his wisdom. Okay. Psalm 90, verse 12. It says, So teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. All right. Wow. A lot right there. Teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. And that's our desire this morning. Is we need wisdom to know what's right and what's not right. We, we need wisdom to know, can we do this or not do this? We need wisdom to know what's the path that the Lord has for us. But again, the wisdom that God's talking about here, the words talking about, is not wisdom according to the world. It's the wisdom that comes from above. What we're seeking is wisdom of God, godly wisdom, which is totally different and contrary to the wisdom of this age or the wisdom of this world. The wisdom of this world has all kinds of things to say about you for your time, what you should do with your time, who possesses your time, and your entertainment. But the wisdom of God says things that are very different. But it's starting out saying if we want to grow in this wisdom, having a heart of wisdom to make these decisions, the way that we do it, it says, is by asking God to teach us to number our days. That he would give us a revelation that our days on this earth are not infinite. Well, they are in the sense of eternal life but not in the state that we understand it. Like, it's crazy, right? How often I live my days thinking I'm guaranteed 80, 90, 100 years. We're not guaranteed that. What if today was your last day? Would you live differently? Would you treat your time differently if today was it? I mean, I had this revelation the other day with my oldest son. He's nine. And I was thinking, wow, he is halfway done with the time that I likely have with him at home halfway what have I taught him have I instilled in him the principles of the Lord I hopefully I taught him more than how to fart with his armpit which is a, is a gift but it's harder than you, you would think actually but no, no it's, it's this it's this sobering reality of going wow there's not much time am I wasting this time and I think that's an important thing. Before we talk about entertainment, I, and when we approach entertainment, we think, oh, I got all this time. What am I going to do with my time? Like, time is short. Time is valuable. And it's a reminder of this time is, it teaches us to number our days. It's every day is a gift from the Lord. Every day that God gives us is a gift from him. And in fact, the, our time doesn't even belong to us if we follow the Lord. Our time belongs to him. He's given the gift, and we are to be good stewards of the gift that he has given us. So as, as we reflect on our days and our time, I, I have to think it's helpful to look back and say, how was I even a good steward of the time God gave me today? Did I waste the gift that he gave me, or did I put it to good use? In a minute, we'll talk about well, what is good use with our time and maybe what's not good use with our time. But I think oftentimes when we approach entertainment, when we approach, approach our time, we forget that when we give our lives to Jesus... 
We are giving up our rights to everything, including our time. We often say things like, well, this is my time. And, and we'll, we'll say things like, I mean, I do this. I, I, this is my work time. I've given time to my kids. I've given time to my spouse. I've given time to my friends. I've even given the Lord his time. Spent time with him. I've given him his time. Now, this is what? My time. But here's the problem with that. It's not your time. Actually, none of it's your time. In fact, there's a changing of ownership. It's this language in the word called kingship or kingdom, the kingdom of God, where we change our allegiance, where Jesus is now our king. We're no longer the boss of our own lives. He is the boss, which is, at first it sounds like we're giving up all these rights, and and we are. But remember, he's a way better boss of your life than you are. He has the path that leads to life. He has he rescued us from this, this um, path of death, right? And he's brought us into a new path that leads to life. He has our good for us, but in order for that to happen, it means we've submitted to him. Our ownership, our allegiance is to him. He is the Lord of it all. But see, here's what, here's what happens, though, sometimes, is where, if we're not careful, we can go to this other extreme where it says, like, okay, my time, my days are numbered. My time is short. It belongs to the Lord. It's a gift from God. So I can only do things that like are, are like sharing the gospel. So I, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to work. I'm just going to go out and I'm just going to share the gospel. And if I'm not doing that or if I'm not reading the Bible, then it's worthless. Well, I think that's a, it's a false understanding that we don't just do things for the Lord, but the Lord is with us. We see this here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. It says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Again, it's an idea of ownership. You're not your own. Nothing you have is your own. It's not, it's not even your own time. But the beauty is that God is the one that goes with you. So no matter what you use your time for, it's not that this is God's time and this is your own time, or this is God's time, this is work time, and this is whatever time. God goes with you when you're at work. God is with you when you're at school. God is with you in your home. God is with you in your leisure time. God is with you in your pleasure. God is with you in all of those things. Even, even I think if we're not careful, like I said, we, we should start thinking, I, I've only got to do these spiritual things. And we think God is only with us in the spiritual stuff. God's only with us when I read the word. God is with me in all of it. But then it causes me to understand that God has given me not just that stuff, but God has given me things for my pleasure as well. 1 Timothy chapter 6 says this. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Like, listen... God's cool with you just enjoying what he's given you. I think it's important, right, the Spirit leads you to do, right, go share the gospel, go do these things, but God is not opposed to you resting. God is not opposed to you enjoying his creation and the things that he's given us. Here's where I think we get into trouble, though. where we, we don't understand that the things God's given us is a tool for him to fill us up 
Those things are a tool for us to worship him and us to be with him. And what ends up happening, I think, in regards to pleasure and entertainment is we start saying things like, I just need to be filled up, so I'm going to go mindlessly watch Netflix for six hours. I, I need a break. I need comfort. I need peace. So I turn to the creation rather than the creator. Now, here's the difference. When I understand that God is with me, I can do those things, but have it be in relationship with him. And here's, here's the crazy thing. Oh, my gosh. God is the one who gives rest. God is the one who gives life. When we turn to things other than him to give us those things, that's idolatry and actually breaks the Lord's heart. Like, you know what I'm saying, right? Is you can do all those things. If you recognize like the Lord's with you in it and you're, you're, you're in relationship with him as you do those things, I think it can bring you life. But how often is it, right? You play video games for eight hours and you're more exhausted than when you started I don't feel like we're there yet. Okay, the wisdom of the world promises that the gifts of God in and of themselves will give you rest. That you escaping from reality will give you rest. That... Um, mindlessly doing things will give you rest. God has given us these things to not cause our mind to be mindless, but to be mindful of him in those things. Listen, you can be mindful of the Lord in a walk in nature. You can be mindful in the Lord in a book or in movies or entertainment. You can be mindful of the Lord in those, in those things. But I, I think what we have to stop doing is saying that there are things that God is not in the midst of. And the reality is when you're watching something, when you're reading something, when you're out doing something, the Lord is with you in those things too. Man, it's funny. I, this feels heavier than I thought it was going to be. I thought I was like, oh, let's we'll talk about entertainment. But I just think there are some areas of our lives where we don't think the Lord is in the midst of and we actually don't want him to be in the midst of because they're ours. There's this lie that says like, <laughs> there's this lie that says, I just need to mindlessly do something. Every you guys feel that way? Like, I just, I just need to mindlessly do something. And it's like the wisdom of the world. that says like, we, we, exp, we output with our mind all the time. I just need to do something mindless. That's, that's the wisdom of the world. This is what the wisdom of God says. Look at 1 Peter 1, 13. It says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded. Sober-minded would not mean mindless, right? It means uh, intentional. Um, some versions you might say, therefore, be alert. Be alert with your minds. Be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And what he's, what he's saying here is like, listen, part of our mindset is that we're not just, 
mindlessly just letting things happen, but that we are mindful of the fact that Jesus will one day return and we will stand before him. And we'll give an account for the things that we've done and the things that we've done with our time. That our minds will be fixed upon him. That we're growing to grow in a knowledge of him. And we'll see the, the fullness of that when he returns and we'll see him face to face. That's not mindless. It's actively fixing our mind on him. And there's a bunch of ways you can do that. But it's fixing our mind on him. Now get this. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passion of your former ignorance. But as he who is called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. All right. This has all kinds of implications for, our, um, for entertainment and what we watch and what we don't watch. First, it's just saying, like, in, in doing this, is my mindset just to escape from reality? Or is this something I can, that God can use to press in towards knowing him? Press on to understanding him. But oftentimes, what we, we start saying is, like, well... It's not that big of a deal. It can't hurt me. It's, it's, it's neutral. It, it's, I can filter it out. It's not a problem. Um, but here's the thing. Even when we approach it, we approach it. When we approach what we can watch and what we can do for entertainment with the question of, is this really sin or not? You're asking the wrong question. The question isn't, can I do this and get away with it? Or can I do it and God's okay with it? My question is, is this me walking in holiness and being set apart for the Lord? I'm afraid what ends up happening when we determine what we can or cannot do is God's got us on this path of life and we're wondering like how far how far can I get to the edge before I'm off the path? How far can I get off the path till I get into destruction? How much nudity can I watch in TV before it's considered inappropriate in pornography? How much language can I watch in a movie before it's not pleasing to the Lord? How much violence can I see before it's like, eh, maybe that's a little too much. I think that's the wrong question. The question is, am I living in a way that is holy and set apart unto the Lord? If we're going to err, our error shouldn't be on the side of like, how close to the line can I get? But how close to walking in holiness in a way that honors and pleases the Lord should be our question. And here's the thing. I don't know what that is for you, but my encouragement for you this morning is that when you're about to watch something, when you're about to read something, that you recognize, okay, the Lord is with me in this. Is me participating in this? Is this honoring unto the Lord? Ask him. He'll tell you. I think sometimes we're afraid, though, of like, we don't want to be considered um, prude, or we don't want to be considered... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like, so often we don't want to fit in and people are going to think we're weird. Let me remind you of the reality that this world is not your home. That you walking in the wisdom of the world, you walking in the wisdom of God should not look like anything like walking in the wisdom of God. It may feel extreme. But we are called to not be partially set apart, but to be totally set apart unto the Lord. Are you with me? This is where I can't tell in the spirit and the flesh if you're like, I don't know where you're at. I'm not like, I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm really not. But, but this is one area, at first I was like, man, why are we talking about entertainment again? But I think I realized it's like, this is one area where we don't realize there's a culture around us that is trying to get you to believe a different worldview than, the, than different than the Bible. 
right? And so like there's a culture all around you that says this is the way the world is. This is the way you should think. This is what you should value. This is what things should, should be. And entertainment in, in the arts is like one of the pro- predominant ways that comes in. And if we're not mindful of it, all of a sudden we get swept away, not just with watching this or that, but with believing wrong things about who God is and wrong things about how God views the world. And that's why it's important. What goes in my mind matters. What I sow bears certain fruit. You sow good seed, you're going to bear good fruit. Even this understanding where it's like, it doesn't really matter what I put in my mind. It matters what you put into your mind. Uh, I think it's on here. Yes, Matthew, 20, Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. (laughs) I think where we focus our time reveals what we value. Sometimes I think we say, we say things like, I just don't have time for the Lord. I don't have time to spend with him. I don't have time to get in the word. I don't have time to know him. I don't have time to even be mindful of him about the day. Um, and I, and I, say, I say this sometimes myself, but the crazy thing about that is, is we make all kinds of time for other things we value. And I don't think it's because we don't have time to spend with the Lord. It's because I don't think we value the Lord. So maybe for you this morning, isn't God giving me more time to spend with you, but God give me a heart that values you and hungers after you because I tell you what, you hunger after something, you're going to make sure you find time for it. Am I right? right? Think about it. You see people that just start dating, and it's not like, I wonder when we're going to be able to have time to spend together. You, they find every waking moment. Right. I just woke up this morning. How are you? I miss you, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. That's the way it is. Why? It's because their heart is bent towards that person. With our time, right? Our heart's bent toward the Lord. We will find ways. Even that's the thing. Like when our heart's bent toward the Lord. I was like roller skating with my kids yesterday. Oh, bless the Lord for that, right? And it is amazing how you just, when you understand, I'm not, this is not just my own personal time, and then I'm going to go spend time with the Lord in the word. But it's like, God, you're with me in this. What are you doing? And I'll tell you what he's doing. He's giving me patience and endurance. That's what he was doing yesterday, right? But it changes the way you, you just do things because I'm like, God, you're here. What do you want to show me? God, you're here. What do you want to teach me in the midst of this? What are you doing? How do you want me to encourage my kids? Because you're with me in this. That, that's the difference. There's not this, uh, we, we have to get past this entitlement that we have to our own time. Some of us don't want to let go of these things that we know aren't building us up, that are not growing us in maturity in Christ. That, but we say, it doesn't really matter. It's my time. All right, whatever, Matthew 6, 22. Verse 21, right? Your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Listen, the eye is a gateway. The guy is a gateway. It's not just an eye. I'm like, oh, that was a nice thing. I saw it or didn't see it. The eye is the gateway to the entire body. The eye is the gateway to the soul. What you take in through your eyes goes right to your soul. Which in a sense is good. Because it says in 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 3. 
right? We who with unveiled faces, as we behold the glory of the Lord, are transformed into his likeness from one degree of glory to the next. It's, it's good in the positive. When we behold the good things of the Lord, when we behold his greatness, when we behold his splendor, when we behold his character, we will become like him. Our insides are changed, and what comes out of us then is different. But the same thing is true for the negative. When we fix our eyes on things that, that promote a, a worldly that's different than Scripture, when it, there's something that promotes darkness, it has an effect on us, and that's what will come out of us. This is what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, about what we should fix our eyes on. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there, if there, there is ex, any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What should we be fixing our mind on? What should we be filling our mind on? Is fixing our minds on the things from above. Think, fixing our mind on him. So if you want to watch something, I think the first question is, is it pure, is it honorable, is it holy? Is it, is it set apart unto the Lord? Okay, now I want to spend a couple minutes getting practical with this. The question was like, well, well, what can I watch if it promotes violence? or That's what I'm guessing, violence or sex or things that are sinful. And I don't necessarily, I, I don't think there's like a legalistic answer here. You've got the Spirit of God, you need to ask the Spirit of God. But... I'm going to always err on the side of holiness because I don't want to, I don't even mess down the dark path. But if we, in terms of, in terms of violence, I think the question sometimes is, okay, does this uh, glorify violence or is this simply depicting violence to show evilness and wicked and how good overcomes evil? Right, I think, I, I don't think necessarily all forms of violence are, are bad, but does it glorify violence where violence is this great thing? And sometimes we just need to check our heart where we feel uncomfortable. That may be a sign that I need to, I need to turn this off. Like, I, it gets used as an example all the time, but I think that movie, uh, like Schindler's List, right? Like, there's tons of horrific violence in that movie, and it doesn't glorify violence at all. It portrays and depicts violence in a way of, like, this is how rotten and horrible things are, and why we need God to rescue us from this evil, right? I think sex is, uh, I don't know if they're, I was thinking about this week. I think the line's like probably way further back on that one. A lot of times we want to see like, hey, it's just a little bit of nudity. I can like, whatever, remove it from your mind. Yeah, right, right? I think we just need to be mindful of saying, okay, even though it's a little bit of this, is this this glorifying to the God? God, Is this making me more like him? Is this pure and noble and holy and righteous? I think there's a lot of things, guys, I think there's a lot of things over time we've let the line go a little further and a little further and a little further and all of a sudden we're, we're in territory and some things that are not honoring and pleasing to the Lord and it usually doesn't start overnight as saying I'm going to make this decision to watch this or do this. It starts a lot sooner, than, a lot, lot more gradual steps than that. So my encouragement for you is are you watching things that glorify sex in a way that's not pleasing to the Lord? And I would say you watching any kind of nudity probably is not pleasing to the Lord, right? If I'm going to be somewhat frank there I think <laughs> I think there are some things that we've just accepted as okay because the culture celebrates them and one of those things is just magic and I think sometimes 
things are depicted in movies and books, it's like, oh, it's magic, it's fine. And I'm not saying like that doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't read things or watch things that have magic, but I think we have to be mindful in our own with our kids and with one another saying, what kind of worldview is this depicting? And so many things that we see on TV, even like, I'm not going to name names, I'm, I'm not. But it just felt like magic is normal. And we, we, we don't understand any spiritual power apart from the spirit of the living God is demonic. And we're so easily just being entertained by the things of magic. And sometimes maybe it's okay to read those things, to have a conversation with your kids and saying, guys, this isn't pretend, this isn't fiction, this is real and it will kill you. But do we even stop to take a step back and go, what is this trying to communicate? What is this book communicating about who God is? What is this movie communicating about what's true in the world? And are we going to have a conversation to point toward the truth and what is right? I should step on a few more toes just to be fair. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not, listen, the whole, I, I want you to be clear about this whole thing. This is not like a legalistic, you can do this, you can do this. I can watch this much of sports and I can't watch this much. Of, it's not, it's about you listening to the Lord in relationship with you because he, he is with you. But does your heart want to grow in a way that leads to life or do you want, does your heart want to be in control and do your own thing with the path that leads to death? Like I'm not saying don't watch sports. Watch sports, have fun. But sometimes after you watch eight hours and you look back on your day, say, is that, is that time I'm ever getting back? Was that a good steward of my time? Sometimes we watch shows that are like, oh, I just like to get caught up in the drama of things. I can kind of filter it out. It's not big. The drama is entertaining, like, I don't know, like The Bachelor, hypothetically. Um, <laughs> apparently there are a couple Bachelor watchers here. <laughs> I'm not dogging that one alone, but like, <laughs> I think if we just stop and say, say, okay, if the Lord is with me in this, is he honored what's being portrayed by relationships? Is this helping me have a better, more godly, biblical understanding of what love looks like? How to treat one another? Is this glorifying to God and what he designed and created man and woman to be in relationship with laying down their life for each other, walking in purity, not sleeping together till they're married? I'll let you answer that one, right? I think that it's just like so many things. I, again, I don't, I, I'm not going to go through everything of this or that or this show or true crime show. I mean, whatever. Like, there is one. Um, I know I say this all the time because I'm always amazed when I talk to people how they don't realize, like watching horror films, that one especially in particular, is you're opening yourself up to the influence of the demonic in your life. That one, uh, you can learn about demons from the Bible rather than watching them through those shows, okay? And listen, I'm not gonna kick, we're not going to kick you out of the church of those things, but I just think we want what's best for you. The Lord wants your good. And I think, his heart, I think his heart breaks so much because there's so many times in our lives where we settle for so much less than what he has. We settle for like, okay, God, I'll be part of your family. This is good enough. Like, he wants us to live life and life abundantly. And yes, it comes at a cost by us laying our lives down. But what we get in return for the price of our life is we get his life, which is true life. So this morning, 
I guess my encouragement for you this morning is just to simply be mindful. Is what I'm watching, is what I'm consuming, is what I'm doing with my time, is this honoring to the Lord? Is this making me love and honor Him more, and is this making me more like Him? Now here's the thing. This is an easy one. Just be like, all right, that was nice, Brandon. I'll think about it, and I'll go about my way. But God is, I think, giving us an invitation into greater intimacy with Him and to greater life. And I think one of the ways that comes is by turning our mind, changing our thinking, metanoia, repenting, to change our mind to think about what he thinks about. And I'm not going to tell you what it was for me this week, but there was something I feel like the Lord was saying, you're just mindlessly wasting your time with this and turning to it. And so he said, I want you to get rid of it. And so I did. I don't say that to boast because I wasn't like, yes, Lord, I'd be happy to do so. Right? Um, But it's amazing that one little act of obedience gives such life and it honors the Lord. I'm not saying what the Lord's asking you. Maybe he's not saying to change anything. That's cool too, but maybe he is. And if that's the case, my encouragement to you would be that you'd actually take this step of obedience because in doing so, it brings honor and glory to him and brings greater life to you. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you've given us a counselor, that you've given us um, the, the Holy Spirit. And so I pray for my brothers and sisters that they discern, like, should I watch this or do this or what should I do with my time? <laughs> God, there's no uh, kind of one size fits all other than we need to rely on your spirit and rely on your word. So I pray first and foremost, God, that you give us a hunger for your word, that we would desire to know what's acceptable and pleasing to you based on your word, not based on what culture says, not based on what the world around us says, but that we, God, would know and care about what you think. Even if that means, God, we look like a fool. Even if that means, God, we don't fit at all with the world around us. Because, God, I thank you that you've called us not to value the things that the world values. God, may our lives be a witness by what, that we value you based on our time. That we value what you value based on what we, what we watch and what we do, God. Man, God, I ask that you would speak to each one of us. And if there's something that you want us to to change or lay before you, if there's something, God, that we need to give to you, there's something in our entertainment, uh, the things we're watching or doing or seeing or reading, that you, God, would would speak to each one of us. Not in like a worldly guilt or worldly sorrow, but in a godly sorrow. God, I... I pray that you would grant us now the gift of godly sorrow. That we grow in sorrow, God, of things, of ways that we've settled for less than what you want to give us. God, would you give us godly sorrow for the ways that we turn uh, to other things to escape from this world rather than turning to you. God, I ask that you give us eyes to see that you're with us, even with my brothers and sisters doing the things that they just enjoy doing, that are neutral things, God, that would you give us eyes to see you in the midst of those things. That our hearts would be drawn to you. 
And God, as your word says and where we started, God, would you be so gracious to us as to teach us to number our days? God, would you teach us to number our days and remind us that each day matters to be used for you, with you? God, we know that the days are short and that you're coming soon. We do pray and cry, God, would you come soon? But in the day, God, that we stand before you, we want to be able to, to, to uh, be confident that we were a good steward with what you've given us and the time that you've given us. Would you give us your heavenly priority for our time and not an earthly priority? Man, God, the more I pray about this, it's just like, this, not, like none of this is possible apart from your spirit. None of it. This is literally, it is so impossible. Oh, but God, we thank, we thank you for your spirit. Would you reorient our hearts, reorient our mind, reorient our priorities?